Blog Talk Radio. Another one is volume three, Viva Fidel, the mixtape. Check it out. What's going on, world? Viva Fidel, live right here on blogtalkradio.com slash Fidel. We've been gone for a minute. It's been a long time. Sorry, I shouldn't have left you, but we're back. And it's on and popping once again. And we always have a lot of different things going on on the Viva Fidel Revolutionary Radio Show, connecting you and linking you with a lot of different people from a lot of different places. And it's our great honor and our pleasure. We just had to regroup a little bit. I've been doing a heavy promo run with this controlled demo film and also the soundtrack that goes along with it, the Volume 3 of the Viva Fidel mixtape series. It's the mixtape album with DJ Stretch, the Power Move Project with King Tone. That's also available. All that's available on the MySpace page, backslash Viva Fidel mix CD, um, or you can reach that VivaFidelOnline.com. Um, pushing those projects, going to a lot of different places. It's been real interesting, and, you know, we're going to get into uh, connecting you all with some of the people and some of the good good fighters out there on the ground that I uh, had a chance to connect with over over time. So, you know, thank you for your patience. Thank you for holding me down because I'm definitely going to continue to hold you down. You can believe that. I want you to definitely stay tuned to the Viva Fidel radio show. Check out the archives. we got some powerful shows up there, you know, including a lot of different powerful people that, you know, doing a lot of powerful things because that's the way we're moving um, in this time. And there's no exception today on this show right here. Today we have some very special information to share with you and also, you know, uh, some great conversation to inspire you and always inform you because that's what we're here for. We're utilizing this blog talk radio right here for you know our revolution of the mind to be able to change the grind and, and connect some dots out here in the world you know what i mean so we're going to drop a jewel right now as we always do about this time this is the power move right here one of the projects i'm out on the grind pushing if you like it let me know what you're listening to let me know what you're hearing the guest call in number three four seven three two four thirty two twenty one don't hesitate, you know what I mean? Drop me a line because I'm about to drop a jewel on you right quick. Once again, it's the power move. Levi Fidel and King Tone. Turn your speakers up. That's this one knock right here. MySpace.com slash power move. We can't trust a preacher. 
you know, eventually moved to Milwaukee. You know, um, like most young African Americans, got in trouble a lot, constantly in and out of detention homes, and you know, constantly beating up everybody on the block. You know, I mean, I wasn't a bully. I just, you know, it was just back then. You know, you had to fight your way through. You know, just to get from school to home, you know, you had to be a good fighter. So you might encounter four or five fights, you know, and you know, that behavior led to other situations where, you know, I end up going to prison for a minute, you know, and I think that's where, you know, I can say, you know, minus all the, you know, the hustling and the early uh, experience with pimping and so on and so forth, I think that's where I really horn my skills, unfortunately. You know, and um, from there, I was able to examine how the system, and when I say the system, I'm talking about a whole conglomerate of people, you know, people that you don't even know is involved, you know, from your psychiatrist, you know, when you go to school and they say that you uh attention deficit or, you know, ADD, whatever they may call it. You know, I mean, all of this is a, disguise, a, 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 a divine scheme of things. You know, so once I analyze that to the 21-year-old guard who's telling 40- and 50-year-old men what to do, you know, to, you know, the rural areas where these prisons were, where they was able to, you know, use, you know, human cargo, you know, human beings as a means of, you know, providing jobs, you know, to help the economy help the economy look like the economy is thriving, you know, and keep the employment rate uh, down because they got these young people and, you know, housing these prisoners and so on and so forth. So once I looked at all that, man, I said, man, when I get out this time, you know, I'm going to really tighten up my game, and that's what I did. You know, in the midst of me, even still being in the streets, I was able to take a few college courses, and I was able to, you know, horn my skills in, in, in my former life, pimping, you know, and not only that, you know, uh, well, I took some of the knowledge and the wisdom that I learned from being incarcerated in some of the business courses skills, and I was able to take that, and, and that's how I was able to go from the Gilder Suites Executive Suites. Now, I mean, you talked yesterday briefly about how a lot of young people don't understand that whatever the mind believes and conceives, the mind can achieve. Now, given the synopsis that I just gave you of my life and how I came up. I mean, it should be, that should be almost music to any young man's ear that ain't never been to prison, who ain't never really had any trials and error or no bad experiences other than, you know, running up and down the street, might hear a gun or two. You know, I mean, hey, we live in baby, baby Vietnam, this Milwaukee. You know, and that should let them know that if I can make it, if I can make it against all the odds and use the term pimping, Right. Imagine what you can do if you go out there and you form a Fortune 500 corporation or, you know, you form an Internet-based business or what have you, you know, and use the same street skills. Because that's what I did. I just took my street skills, you know, all the hustle and bustle and applied it to the industry where now I can, I mean, I, I know Whitney Houston personally, you know what I mean? I didn't been around Michael Jackson and, you know, 50 Cent and Nelly and, you know, all the people that you may know, I got Lil Wayne's number personally. I can call him. I was able to call Lil Wayne and congratulate him, you know, for selling 2 million records, you know, in, in the course of two or three weeks. You know, I mean, Baby, is his, 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 his CEO is my personal friend, you know. So 
So tell us a little bit about like your introduction into that 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 industry world or the corporate world itself. Well, you know, my introduction basically came through, you know, uh, strategies, strategies and tactics. You know, one of the first things that I had to do was I had to get out there and I had to let these people know that I exist. You know, once they knew I exist, you know, I I shook a lot of hands and made a lot of friends. You know, and I basically use each individual as a stepping stone. So if I do business with Too Short, then that Too Short business will lead me to 8-Ball MJG. Then 8-Ball MJG will lead me to Juvenile. Juvenile led me to uh, more mainstream people like Jermaine Dupree and, you know, and and 50 and and Nelly and the rest of them, you know. And as I built my resume, I built my structure all the time. I felt that I had to carry Milwaukee on my back. You know, so if you listen to, if you go and Google by name, you listen to most of the, the features that I did, you notice that I always say Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, because I was trying to pave the way for the next young hustler that was coming my way, and that's something that the most OGs don't do. You know what I mean? They're they greedy and they're selfish and they want everything for themselves. But if you look at Pippi Ken or Ken Ivey's trail, my trail always left a trail for the next person that was coming up. So if you go to 50 Cent, you say, man, I'm from Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, I know that's where my nigga Pippa Ken from, my dude Pippa Ken. You know, so that would give you a door popper. That would give you a reason to start to strike up a conversation with the man. You know, and so if you have any talents or attributes from there, then that would be on, on you. So, you know, that was one of the things that I had to do. I had to make a lot of friends and, you know, uh, you know what I mean? A lot of people didn't know. A lot of people always see me dealing with rappers, you know what I'm saying? Right. But that's not really my, that wasn't my core. I mean, I also know the owner of every magazine. I know him personally. I know, I know Dave Mays, and I know Antoine, you know, I know Julie. You know, these uh, magazines, Ozone, Fez magazines, uh, Hip Hop Weekly, you know. I know uh, um, my man over there at um, at the Source magazine, you know, uh, Jeremy. You know, I mean, I know these guys. On, I know the guy who owns hip hop. You know, Greg. These are personal friends of mine, and this is what the young guys got to do. You got to go out there. You got to find these people, man. If you just have, walk up in the coffee shop, and you you might know him by just you know. Sometimes you got to stake out people's office, man. You know, I just did crazy stuff, man. I used to just find out who the boss was. I stake out his office and, and catch him coming outside. He don't even know by chance. He'd think it's a chance accident. I said, excuse me, sir, can I buy you a drink? You know, he's sure. Uh, can I buy you some coffee? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I never asked who he is. Just strike up a conversation. You know, hey, man, this is a beautiful city, New York. You know what I mean? You know, do you know what so-and-so? And, and, you know, that's how, you know, you have to be. Now, yeah, of course I was cool with the rappers, but the rappers wasn't sufficient enough because I know a rapper ain't nothing but a worker. You know what right. I mean? He ain't no different than a girl to put on a skirt right. and some heels and go to work. You know what I mean? He basically, you know what I mean? He's a prostitute for the label. You know what I'm saying? So he ain't really got no real power. So, you know, but the people that got the power are your magazine owners and, you know, the owners of the corporation. I know most of the owners directly of most of these corporations. So it's not just getting out there and knowing the rappers and getting cool with them. That was just something that I did for media and promotional purposes. You know what I'm saying? So if I got on an album or if I got in a video, that would, of course, you know what I'm saying, Hyping my name and give me more publicity, but my real uh, relationship was with the owners of these particular corporations and magazines and so forth. And that's where you know when you see me in all these TV shows and you see me in all these magazines, 
That's how I establish myself, make relationships. You know, sometimes it ain't what you know, it's who you know. That's real. If you're just tuning in, on the line, we got Mr. Ken Ivey right here at blogtalkradio.com slash Fidel. We're dropping some real juice on your head right now so you can listen and learn. Tune in. And also, the call-in number is 347-324-3221. We're going to keep the conversation moving right along, brother. And um, I just want to say, like, um, Leading on to, you know, what it is to uh, kind of transition into the industry. I know a lot of people approach you from a lot of different angles about um, just a lot of different things, really. Um, Basically, tell us how, you know, people have embraced Pimp and Ken uh, as a whole and how people have embraced this this new product you got, the 48 Laws of Pimpology. First of all, I mean... Typical uh, perception of pimping is pimps are ignorant because there have been a lot of ignorant uh, people who trade pimping. You know, they were never pimping. You know, because I mean? you know, real pimping, man, you know, pimps are some of the most intelligent people on the planet. You know, so when people, you know, find out that I can read, <laughs> and I can, and I, can and I got a bestseller, the number one book, you know, uh, in, in urban, uh, urban community, uh, which is called The 48 Laws of Game, which is a rendition or offshoot of the uh, book called The 48 Laws of Power by author by the name of Robert Greene. And really what it was, it was my answer from the hood, you know, to that particular uh, book. I wanted to give uh, a hood perception, you know what I mean, where, you know, it's not a bunch of old potentates and kings and, you know, you read his book, man, it's so boring, you know right. what I mean? But you read my book, you know, you actually get the, you know, the actual life. That's why I say the life and the ism. You get the life of Ken actually without actually manifested these machinations and, you know, schemes and stratagems, you know, on on, 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 on a real level, you know, which is more relative to the people who read the book. You know what I mean? Everybody just talks right. about the word 48 Laws of Power is my favorite book, but it's not relative because you can't relate to it. You know, it don't, it don't deal with your... Uh, 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 circumstances where, you know, if you ain't never jumped in, in your life, you have offered that pimp. Or cousin, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe your daddy, you know what I'm right. saying? You know, you know somebody, if you're from the hood, you know somebody that was pimping. So, you know, when we wrote the book, you know, uh, before they lost the game, it was kind of really pretty uh, informative as well as persuasive because what I did, my, you know, when I was with my, uh, with the board in New York when I was with Simon Schuster at the meeting, one of the things that I told the board member board meeting members is that, you know, I would like to do a book that is comparable or comparable to uh, Napoleon Hill, uh, Think and Grow Rich, Dale Carnegie, uh, uh, How to Friends and Influence People, you know, David Lieberman, get anybody to do anything and uh, you know, uh, uh, Robert Greene, The 40 Laws of Power, you know, and a few other uh, people that I've read. So I wanted to do all that and tie it all into one thing. So a lot of young African Americans, you know, can, and as well as, you know, white Americans, young white Americans, can, can get this information and learn how to think, learn how to plan, you know, learn what right. statistics is, you know, learn what taking the personal initiative is, you know, and if I can use my hood experiences, you know, like, what do, you know, what do personal initiative mean? You know, I mean, what do going the extra mile mean? I mean, can you apply that to, 
being out in the streets and getting up early in the morning and putting on your clothes and, you know, going and handling your business and making sure, you know, that the game is tight. You know, can you apply that? You know, you apply persistence to, you know, when people tell you that you can't make it and say it ain't going to happen and, you know, you just keep doing it anyway, whether it's a girl, you want a girl or a particular uh, a car or something, people, you know, they down you and they don't crown you, they say you can't have it and you still get out there every day uh-huh. and work towards whatever it is that you're trying to achieve and taking that negative and flipping it and turning it into something positive and using those same principles and achieving anything in life that you want as a human being. You understand what I'm saying? That's what it is. You're going in and out a little bit too, bro. Huh? You said you was going in and out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, taking those things, you know, and, and using those attributes, you know, that uh, corporate America uses, using them from a hood perspective. Right. Um, and, and you broke down a lot of things in the book, like a lot of game that, you know, hasn't really been exposed in that way to the masses, just like you're saying, you know, in a way that everyone can relate to it and actually put it in their everyday life, you know, even if they ain't in the street life. And, um... Let them know a little bit about where they can get the book from, some sites or some links or some numbers or how they can get in touch with Ken Ivey. Well, you can go to uh, Burns and Nobles and get it. Well, I took my website down for uh, for a reconstruction, but my, my site is net. It should be up in a couple of days. So I took it down because uh, we all just needed to redo some things, man. And, you know, every now and then you got to reinvent yourself. For sure. But, uh you know, uh, uh, in a nutshell, uh, you can go to uh, Amazon.com or you can go to Burns & Noble. And if you don't, if they don't have it, which they probably won't because they sell out so quick, just tell them you want to order it. Mm-hmm. You can order the paperback for uh, about $11. You order the hardcover for about 20 You know, uh, it don't make a difference in that they're both the same. You know, but, uh, you know, like you said, you know, Going from a hood perspective, right? You know, now here's what I want a lot of people, you know, that's out there listening to understand, is this. And if you listen, hey man, I'm the most gutter, the most raw, the most hood dude you're gonna ever meet. You know, I mean, you know as well as I know, man. That, you know, you can catch me in any hood at any day by myself in a Maserati. Or SL55, or Escalator, Navigator, whatever car I chose to pick up, you know, and grab the keys and pull out of my garage in. You know what I'm saying? Me? And you also could catch me in the suburbs, you know, living it up. You know what I'm saying? Me? Having a good time because I do live in the suburbs. But I am from the hood. But the point that I'm trying to make is not how much I have or, you know, or anything like that or whatever, but I wouldn't have none of this. I would not have any of the things that I have. I would not be able to do none of the things that I've done had I not educated myself. And that's what I want the young people to know. You have to have education because when you are educated, then you can write a book, a classic, like the the Pimpology, the 40 Laws of Game, and my new book, which is coming out called The Art of Pimping, because I understand both sides. I can go in corporate America, I can throw on my suit, and I can dazzle those white folks to death. Man, they love me when I talk. You think y'all love when I yeah. pop that 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 uh, that talk on that uh, on them CDs and them rappers. I think I can say, Mo Gain and Man and Kitty got poking all that old crazy stuff, man. Wait till I get in the in the corporate room. 
Right. And, man, I get to chopping up with them people, man, and them white folks, man, they get to sign them checks, man, so quick. So what I'm saying is because I'm educated, I took time out of my schedule to go and read a book, to go and, you know, sign up for a class or two. You know what I mean? It's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing wrong with educating yourself. It don't it don't take you from being hood. I just seen you in you were just in front of the club the other day. They was shooting. They had about right. about two hundred shots. We right. stood there, you know, I didn't run, oh my God, where my security at? I'm gonna get shot. Right. I stood right there and we just you know, I mean, it's the hood, baby. You know, well it ain't South Central, man. But welcome to the central of the Milwaukee, man. Right. You know, the other side. So you know what I'm saying? I mean, that that's what I you know, I can still be in that environment. So it don't being educated don't make you a lame. Going to school don't make you a sucker. Right. Actually it makes you a better player. Mm-hmm. It makes you a better pimp, a better hustler, a better businessman. And you know, that's one of the things that I would love for uh all the guys who whoever admire me, whoever call me an idol. If I'm your idol and if you really truly admire Pimp and Ken, then that's something that I, I I can assure you that would help you get by. You have to have education. You have to know how to read. You know, a, a friend of mine, we were doing a vocabulary check, and she was asking me different questions. She said, what do equivocal mean? What do uh, ambiguous mean? And I was, you know, she was going out the dictionary, and I was studying popping it back at her like, right. you know, yeah, this mean that, this mean this, and this mean that. And she was looking at me like, how do you know that? You know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, just, just imagine if we was in a meeting and we was there was ten million dollars, you know, being discussed. <laughs> and the people <clears throat> that you're doing business with, they're using words like equivocal, ambiguous, astronomical, you know, uh right. prevaricator and then this and another. And you sitting there and you don't know what's going on. But you got ten million dollar deal on the table. And you end up being embarrassed, and you say, yeah. And the yeah mean that you don't get the whole 10 million, you only get a million. Then you sign your name on the dotted line because you're not educated. Which we That's all important education. all the time. Oh, yeah, it happens all the time. Yes, sir. Man, yes, I'd, have sir. Been in, I'd have been in rooms with dudes to jump right up and just throw their the giant handcuff. So that's where your game get tight. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, can, you, you know, you're not going to find another uh, Pippin Ken, baby. I mean, you know, because, I mean, it's, it's more to, to to me than meet the eye. It's not just the slick talking dude. It's not the dude that all the celebrities, you know, put in their video and all the people have on the album. It's, you know, it's a compilation of things, you know. Right, I and mean, I advise you know, everybody I, to check out the, the DVD uh, from the Ghetto Streets to the Executive Suites because that was a great example of you manifesting everything you're talking about. When you was weaving through the industry, talking to different important people and popular rappers and asking them, you know, some real questions and, and putting them on the spot about some real talk, giving these people some motivational insight on, on not only the business of music, but also as far as how to get their life right and, and go from transition from one place to the next. So I thought that was very critical and, and like that, like you said, represented Milwaukee in such a positive light because now when we... When we step out and go to different places, you know, when they speak of Pimp and Ken, they they speaking of Pimp and Ken in terms of that same that same conversation, that same uplifting conversation. Like how how is we gonna get out of the street game and get into this executive suite 
game. You understand? And so that's that. And watch the end of the DVD. Don't watch it just you know during the celebrity part. Watch the end of the DVD all the way. You know what I mean? It's a double DVD too, right? I believe, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a double joint. So See, that's you know what, what I mean? a lot of. Well, uh, I think that's you're right. But I think that's what a lot of people, you know, have a misconception. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of, I mean, you, you, you know, it's 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 amazing. It's not amazing. It's good that you brought up the ghetto streets and Jackson streets because, you know, <clears throat> people don't understand what that really means. Right. And <clears throat> like you said, you go to the embryo. You know, from pimps up, holes down. To Tempology, mm-hmm. to the Ghetto Streets X, to Best of Both Worlds, to my new one, which is coming out called Best of Both Worlds Part Two: The Art of Pimping. And you really understand what the word pimping means, and you understand that pimp don't mean the pedal in the flesh, but P-I-M-P means put it in my pocket. Right. And you understand how these corporations are pimping these Mexicans, and they pimping these uh, prisons, and they pimping these. You know these rural uh, uh, communities. You know for their labor. That's right. You know, then you understand why I call myself a pimp because I refuse to be that immigrant. I refuse to be that rural worker. I refuse to be that convict. I refuse to be somebody else's slave for some peanuts. Right. So when you see me calling myself pimping Ken, and you hear me on my movie saying, "Well, my CD is my hope." My DVD is my girl because she ain't going to argue, she ain't going to fight. I can put her on the shelf. She's going to stay there. She's going to be on the track. She's going to get my money. When you hear me saying these things, then you understand what I'm saying when I say I'm going from the ghetto streets to the executive street. See, that is not a light term. That's right. And, and you know, I put that out there, and I do plan on doing a part two to that. Mm-hmm. But before I do a part two, you know, I want to exhibit a few more corporate moves. You know, I mean, I want to, you know, finish, you know, a, a few things, and then we're going to bring a part two to that out. And we're going to have some excerpts from part one because some of the moments in that, like you said, in that Ghetto Street, we can never capture that again. I'm telling you. You know, we're going to never have 50 Cent in there talking positive again, you know. We're going to never uh, have Nelly in there saying that Pimpin' Ken is my big brother. And, you know, at that time he was starting Apple Bottles and that he was talking about what he was going to do. You know, and people don't understand the influence that I had. I mean, I used to sit down with these guys like I'm sitting down with you. I used to talk to these rappers, man. I used to tell them on a daily, man, invest your money. Right. Invest your money. You know, and, uh, yeah, man, that was a couple of brought back some memory on that one. Man, I tell you. I was looking at that yesterday. I was looking at the box cover. Man, that's some of the real right there because you was making the rounds and and I'm telling you, you know, it was it was in my eyes that's the exact perception I got. The representation was you was giving it to them and they couldn't do nothing but respect it. They had to they had to come out of their element of the celebrity woo woo rah rah and it was on some real business like you know how did you make that transition or get these young brothers out here some help you know because. They look up to these rappers and they look up to yourself for inspiration and and of course they look to them for tight lyrics and tight beats and all that. But somewhat at some point, some of these brothers out here is guiding their moves and they steps by these beats and these lyrics. So they looking for more than just you know a bunch of a bunch of nonsense. You know what I'm saying? So that's a very critical thing to be able to start that conversation with some of these rap guys and some of these executives, so we can start making some changes out here in this real life in this real crisis we in out here. That's serious. 
and that's that's one thing that you know I, I wanted you to kind of explain as well. But you you already explained it in everything you're saying for people to already understand that it's more to your mission and it's more to your plan overall. And um, that's that's something that's greatly you know not not publicized or, or not propagated to the point where it should be um, as much. You know, and that's that's in general. You know, a lot of you know bad news travels fast, especially in our community, and a lot of people don't don't t- stop and talk about. Well, I think I think that uh, you know I I, I did not want to uh, I, I did not want to diminish the fact that uh, I do not want to diminish you know some of the good work that has been uh, generated from the Ghetto Sections because there have been numerous of brothers. Now, let me explain this. This, this, this. We're talking from Milwaukee. Milwaukee's real talk uh, conversation. Now, it's a lot of guys, man, mind you, that at the embryo or the inception or the beginning of, of all of this that, I, mm-hmm. that I'm doing, mm-hmm. they had a lot of hate for me, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. A lot of dudes hated me, man. They didn't understand what was going on, man. They like, man, dude out there, he's giving the game away. And, right. I mean, I could never understand how right. they I was giving the game away because I was walking up to him with a $20 tank, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, so I never gave nobody anything. I was selling the game from day one, but that's how it's slow. You know, suckers are slow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's how I saw a lot, a lot of suckers was at the time. And they was like, man, dude, giving the game away, and you know, dude, ain't this, and dude, ain't that, man, and this, and that, and other, blah, blah, blah. But over the over a period of time, you know, people began to unfold. They began to see, man, wait a minute, this dude just brought HBO to Milwaukee. Right. This dude, I mean, man, we watching this dude. This is. I mean, this is a serious budget. I mean, it's a million-dollar budget program. I mean, this ain't no regular documentary. This is HBO. Man, dude, bro, Vibe, man, Vibe was here. You know, Vibe, they they praised the Milwaukee in the Vibe. You know, and it took them a long time to realize what was going on. It took them a long time, baby, to realize what was going on. But what was going on was, like you said, you know, we were making that transition right in their face. And they was caught up in the year, you know, hope of blow barbecue and meal dudes, let your next move be your best one, got more kicks in the karate flip. You know what I'm saying? I ain't part of the itty bitty committee because that's the titty committee. You know what I'm saying? They was caught up in all that. Right. That fast flame. But you know what I'm saying? They was also caught up in that, and, you know, I'm Muhammad Ali. I float like a butterfly, scream like a beaver all the time. He was knocking them out. They was caught up in that, only in America, only in America, that Don King, but all the time, the man was producing and promoting some of the greatest fights of all time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All great men have been great orators. They've been great with their mouth. They, they, you know, they use their conversation to rule the nation. That's right. So all I was doing was what my predecessors was doing, the, you know, the uh, Martin Luther King, the Malcolm X, the, the, the Noble Two Ali's, the, you know, the Muhammad Ali's, the Don King's. I was just using my mouthpiece, and all of us, you know, anybody know anything about black folk, you know, or most Americans, we all, you know what I'm saying, we, can, we all good talkers. Yes, sir. So, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that's what they was caught up in. But all the time, they didn't see all the business moves that was going on and all the things, you know, that was happening, you know, from the ghetto streets to the executive suites. And that's, you know, that's something that, you know, I try to explain to a lot of guys, man, you know, is the, even the guys that was hating, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you know y'all y'all going to see what I'm talking about right? maybe six or seven moves down the road. So right. I said, we don't want to diminish 
you know, the fact that a lot of guys now have, you know, that hated on me have businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys that hated on me, man, now have record labels. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys that hate on me now, you know, is is in the industry. So, I mean, we did have a positive impact on a lot of people. Absolutely. You know, you can't save the world, but right. a lot of guys were uplifted, you know, through the things that we were able to uh, institute. So, you know what I mean? I mean, I say, you know, we may have impacted maybe 20%. You know, around the world. I mean, I mean, I'm not just in Milwaukee. I'm all over. And a lot of guys, you know, they call me and you know, they hit me up on my MySpace and they tell me, man, you inspired me, man. You know, and you know, of course, a lot of them want to know how do you get the girls. You know, that, you right. know, I tell them, man, hey, man, look here, man. You know, that's something that you can't teach, man. You got it, then you know, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you can be. You can be the nicest looking guy in the world, man, but you know, hey man, that might not get it, man. You can be the fastest talking guy in the world. That may not get it, man. You know, some of us, man, were just born and some of us were sworn, you know what I mean? I just happen to be born, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, I can't help it, man. They love me, man, you know. Oh, young, whatever, man. I've just always been I always been the choice, you know what I mean? Just like if you know your favorite choice is Rolls Royce. Yeah, I always been that choice, man. I ain't never had no problem with getting a woman, man. None in my life. So you know, I mean, you know, I know all of them want to know that, but right. hey, right. you know, you can yeah, learn a little. Book. Get the book. There you you know, it. I mean, I teach you a little game now. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I can teach you some pickup lines or whatever, man. But it's gonna, you got to have the game inside you, man. Right. Keep up, right. you know, You got to get yeah. the book, and it, and, and it does break down a lot. Uh, and, and, and a basic mind frame so you can learn how to navigate through your life, not just with women, but, you know, with your whole life because that's what it's really about, which, you know, I'm going to throw one of the laws at you and you can just, you know, build on it for a minute. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, one, and which, which gives, what, what, you know what I'm saying, which is what we're talking about. And um, it's a uh, basically um, avoid gorillas and Godzillas. Okay, well, that particular law, at the time I wrote that law, Law number 11, by the way. Avoid yeah, yeah, gorillas was, and Godzilla's. Okay. Basically, what that says is, you know, I mean, you know, in every endeavor, you will have what we call bullies, you know, and people who think they can just run in and take over everything, you know, and there's two ways to deal with them. In the game, we basically deal with them, you know, with one of the things that I used to do, uh, along with my friends, we used to just, you know, figure out, devise schemes and plans to take their girls away from them because if they didn't have no females out there, then, you know, they wouldn't have no reason to be out there. Now, in the corporate world, you know what I'm saying, you have McGillas and Carillas, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, you know, that, that could be people, you know, who don't have your best interests at hand, you know, people who trying to, you know, come around, you know, and muscle you around, you know, like they got these things called corporate takeovers you know, and so on and so forth, you know what I mean? And, you know, you just have to outsmart them, right? you know what I mean? That's the whole thing. You know, a, a, a gorilla is a person who don't think, you know, and a gentleman is a person who do think. So it, basically with avoiding McGill and gorilla just means outthinking a person, you know, and maneuvering past them, you know. So that's one of the, I mean, that's one of the things that, I, that we were pretty much expounding in on that one. But, right. you know, my favorite chapter is, it's, it's, it's chapter one, first, first, and last, last. That's why. And the reason why, because, you know, that is a 
that that is a common practice, you know. Like I just love uh, McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't eat McDonald's at often, but I just love McDonald's. And you know, I'm one of the two. I'll be petty, special sauce, lettuce, pickles, onion, and sesame seed bun. That's the Big Mac. You know what I'm saying? So as I'm ordering the Big Mac, I'm talking to the uh, the drive-through. They say pay one to one. Right. But they don't give me my food until one to two. I mean, that's a classical case of purse first and ass last. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, when you deal with your insurer, insurance company, you know, they tell you purse first and ass last. You pay us first, and if you have an accident, we'll take care of that ass last. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, a lot of my laws in the book, people misinterpret it for the pimping, but it'd be really real-life situation, mm-hmm. you know, and it applied to everything, just like I said, you know, in, in in Chapter 1, you know, in order to 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 uh, to be able to get that purse first, you have to be value first, you know what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes you don't want to earn your cost. Right. You want to cost your cost, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times people, they don't understand in life, it's all about putting yourself in a position where people view you as something valuable. What makes a Pablo Picasso or a Leonardo da Vinci or either a Mona Lisa so valuable is the fact that there's only one. That's right. And that's why the painting costs so much money. Anytime you get a rare uh, artifact or a rare article, you know, it always becomes valuable, you know, and... That's something that people need to understand as you developing your crowd and you and you out there you, you you trying to impact on people. Make sure that whatever it is that you're doing that is rare. See what made Pippin Ken so valuable was the fact that there was never in the history of entertainment of music have there been a person who was considered to be an intro and outro man. That that title never that title never exists. And I gave that title to myself mm-hmm. in Pimpology. You know, if you remember in Pimpology, I told, I said, if you need anybody, if anybody need to uh, get somebody to, to speak at the beginning, of the, at the end of the album, call me. Right. And at that time, I put my number on the screen. That was over 10 years ago. Since then, I did over four or 500, uh, maybe four to 500 intros or outros, independent as well as major. And right. that's another thing I got coming out. I got coming out uh, Pippi Ken's greatest intros and outros. You know, and some of the albums I did it on, you know, uh, Snoop Dogg, everybody, you know, uh, right. Lil John, all the albums I did. So, you know, I mean, yeah, the book is, man, the book will definitely, you know, help y'all. But, hey, man, you think you like that book, wait till y'all get that Art of Pimping. I Tell mean, us about some of the future plans, what you got on the table coming out. Well, I got the uh, Art of Pimping soundtrack. I got the Art of Pimping movie, Best of Both Worlds Part Two. I got the book, The Art of Pimping. I got Pimpology soundtrack, which is the book we talk about, which is the three uh, albums coming out. There's three three soundtracks. You know, just going to talk about. We have the guys pretty much rapping about each law. Okay. I have uh, the uh, the uh, Pimpin' Ken greatest intros and outros, and I also 
is uh, thinking about in the near future opening up a club in Milwaukee, and we're definitely going to open up a clothing store where we have that exclusive wear. I mean, you can come in my store and purchase something that's going to be one of a kind. I mean, you ain't got to worry about, you know, walking up in questions and seeing somebody else put it on. <laughs> you know, like, man, you know, man, I got to go change outfits, dog. Ain't going to be none of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so y'all stay in tune and stay on the lookout. We'll definitely plug whatever you got coming up and however you got it coming. Just, you know, just let us know and we'll put it out there for the people. They tuning in, blogtalkradio.com slash Viva Fidel. And um, we got a lot of things coming up, and we're going to keep y'all in tune with Pimp and Ken and the different things that's going on. And if you got any comments or questions, you already know you can hit us up. And definitely we'll we'll put you in touch or we get you the book or whatever you need out there, you know what I'm saying, in Radio Land. So you got some of the future plans. Give up uh, just a quick jewel, man, any game to the youngsters that might be out there listening or uh, specifically youngsters that's interested in getting into business and specifically uh, people who are interested in writing books and, you know, publishing and things like that. Tell us some of your trials and tribulations and how, you know, it really gets it done. Okay, first of all, to all the young people out there, I just want to say, that in life, whatever you believe and conceive, you can achieve. Always believe your beliefs and never doubt your doubts. Never doubt your beliefs and never believe your doubts. If we look at the word impossible, the prefix, even within it, you find the word I'm. So when you take the word I'm and then you take the word possible, it means I'm possible, but to a negative person, it means impossible. So even out of something as trivial as the word impossible, you can find, you know, means of good. So that's, that's one of the first things I want to tell a person. And another thing, especially all you rappers out there, because I know y'all probably, you know, waiting to hear this, and y'all can't wait for Pippa King to say this. <laughs> Get if you won't to make it in this game. And I have told Paper Chase this. I've told Reality this. And I've told any guy that had ever been up under my toolage that if you really want to make it in the game, you have to brand yourself. You have to pass out flyers. You have to get up early in the morning when them people are driving to work and just post yourself all over the city. You have to get to know the DJs. You know, there's no, ain't no explanation, ain't no example, ain't, ain't, you know, ain't no way out of it. Right. You have to get cool with the DJs. These are the people that play your music. You have to get out there and sell your product. If you're giving your stuff away, then what are you telling the person that you're giving away to? It's not worth nothing. It's free. You don't go in the studio and perform and, and 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 uh and uh and write and 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 then you know uh, uh get on the mic all night and then go get your stuff away. Right. All the years you knew me, or you guys know know me, I never gave anything away. Never. Unless you just broke and I felt sorry for you, and I want you to have my product. You know, or <clears throat> the product was old, and I just wanted to get rid of some of my excess product. But that's something that you've got to understand. All young men, listen, you have to brand yourself. You have to make relationships with people. It's not going to work. 
I am not going to sign you unless you are hot. You're not going to get hot unless you get out there and you work. I don't want to say how old I am, but I'm probably twice the age of most of you. And and that being said, if I can get my old tail out there and sell tapes and put up posters and put up flyers and travel all over the country and make friends and get cool with everybody and, and, you know, just establish myself from here to there, Oh, and doing a million things at once. I'm pretty sure with all that youth you have, you can do the same. And that's the only way it's going to happen. You know, I mean, it wasn't just, my story did not just stop in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I've been to every state selling tapes out of my trunk. And when I say every state, I mean I ain't leaving out not one state. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to every major club against the rules, against the laws. I mean, they'd tear my signs down, and i put posters back up. i put them up in the morning. they tear them down. i put them back up before the club closed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, i go to grocery stores. If I, I, I don't want to sound graphic, but if I went and I took a shit, you know what I mean, I got me a sticker, and I'm putting a sticker on the shit, in the, in the shit store, you know, letting people know Pippi King was here. You know, if I go to McDonald's, if they're not looking, I go through the drive so I put a sticker on the window. Let them know Pippin Ken was here, you know, or Pippin Ken, just get my new book or whatever. Right. You got to advertise. You have to go the extra mile. You know, that's what taking the personal initiative is, going the extra mile. You have to be persistent. Persistence wear down resistance. If you don't have this, and my book explains to you how to get this, if you don't have this, this is the secret to success. I guarantee you, you will not succeed in life. There's no way. There's no how. Only people that succeed are people that are hungry and that are thirsty. And thirsty means being in the desert for three days without having a glass of water. Do you know if you go to the desert for three days without a glass of water that I could put a glass of pee in front of you and you would drink it? That's how intense you have to be. You know what I mean? Not literally saying that you would drink the pee, but when I'm saying that that's – that thirsty, you know, just being so thirsty that you would drink a pee. I mean, if you're so thirsty that you would drink a pee, just think how thirsty, what would you drink if you was thirsty for getting money legally? Right. Just think how far you would go. You know, think how, you know, look about, look how people, you know, during the, uh, uh, you know, the crisis when, you know, you know, the food and stuff and then the, the rescue trucks come and they end up attacking the trucks and killing each other over the food because they hungry. Mm-hmm. That's how you have to be about your career. You have to be home. You got to be just like that refugee that's up in Haiti or that refugee, the refugee that's in Kuwait or wherever. And that's how you're going to succeed. And as old as I am, and I'm not an old man, but as, at my age, look how hungry I am. Look, we ask me what I got coming. I got four projects coming. Since right. you didn't know me, I didn't put out about seven, eight, about four, five movies. You know, seven, eight projects of a book. I wrote a book. I wrote a book, did a movie, and an album all in the same year. Mm-hmm. This is the only way you're going to succeed. And let me tell you, young men, I have the worst subject ever. Pimping is the most taboo subject ever. Tell but yet I did wonders with this pimping, man. Man, I got Jay Leno, everybody loves the pimping, man. I'm telling you, man, I didn't been out to these folks' house, man. I didn't been in the Hollywood Hills, man. I know what it's like, man, to be in the mansions you see on TV, baby. And you know why? 
because I was hungry. I was right. thirsty. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you got to be. I might not be saying it right. I know my little language. I got a little you language. You saying it right? You saying it right? You exactly, big bro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it might be. Did I say Thursday or thirsty? <laughs> you better be thirsty because it is Thursday. <laughs> I get it right, man. You know, I, I sometimes I, you know, I'm old school, so I might say. You know, our language may be a little bit, you know, different than these young people, but, you know, man, that's the only way you're going to get it, homie. I'm telling you, you know, you can tell all your audience that's listening on this radio station that that's the only way they're going to get it. I promise you that, man. There's no other way in life you're going to achieve anything. If you're not hungry, if you're not thirsty, there's no way in life you're going to achieve anything. You have to, man, do things, man, that ain't even imaginable to the human conception, man, to the human thought process, man. You know, nobody never does what I've done. Nobody ever came up with a concept of the intro and outro, man, where every major artist in the country wants you in their video and wants you on their albums, man. That takes, man, that takes, you see, I was hungry, man. I wanted, right. I wanted to eat. Right. You know, I was like that refugee, man. I had to put some food on my table, man. I got tired of running these streets, man, and getting shot and, and shooting at niggas and, you know, and fighting and, and ripping and running, man, and have to dodge cameras trying to steal. And I mean, man, that ain't fun, man. And I tell you, man, you know, hey, man, when people see you hungry, they'll respond. That's what HBO did. Mm-hmm. That's what Simon Schuster did. Mm-hmm. That's what I had deals with several distribution companies, Selecto, yet Southern Distribution, uh, Atlantic, Universal. Before Pimp died, R.I.P. I'm glad I, I I thought about my brother, R.I.P. to my little brother Pimp C. Before Pimp died, man, we had a deal on the table for three million. If that man would have lived another month, I would have signed a million. I would have got a million. He would have got a million, and D would have got a million, which is one of the guys that was in the business with us. Mm-hmm. You know, we had spent, well, they had spent, um, well, we said we all together. We spent $150,000. You know, we if you notice back then, we was in the magazines every day. You know, we was on the radio. You know, we had BET right. commercials going. You know, I mean, we was just popping and we was throwing parties and everything, you know, when Pimp first came home. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they had invested a lot of money into this situation. And the man died. He died. You know, he died before we got a chance to even do the, uh, the process. And if you go to YouTube and you type in Pimp McCann and Pimp C, you would see Pimp on there talking about he was going to play me right. in the movie. Right. You know, he was actually going to play me in the movie. He In, in, in the YouTube, he said, can't nobody going to play you but me. Can't nobody play you but me. I'm your little brother. Don't nobody know you like me. You know, and this is what he was saying. And, I mean, it was true story. You know I mean? We, uh, Ice Cube had already had set up the deal. Ice Cube was going to direct it. I mean, we had it big, man. It was big things popping, little things dropping. Right. You know, so, I mean, you know, you can make it. You know, you can make it. You can achieve anything in life, you know. And, I mean, the movie's still going to get made. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, we don't have no problems with money. You know, we don't have no problems with getting things done. You know, it's nothing that can, you know, happen. It's just that it was delayed because of Pimp. And, you know, Universal, they had, they, they had, I signed the contract. I got the contract. I put it on YouTube. I got the contract at the Pimp. Right. You know, we're going to sign that contract, right. my Pimp dude. Pimp C 
tell some of the listeners um, some of your or one of your memories, man, about the brother Pimp C. Just man, I remember I went to visit. The, the funniest memory I have of Pimp, man, was uh, we had did an album with Jermaine Dupree. It was called Money, Holes, and Power. Uh-huh. And Pimp didn't like Jermaine Dupree. <laughs> he said, Yeah, I don't want to do no song with this faggot, you know, this homosexual. Now, this was this is a true story, you know. Right. But Jermaine Dupree, my dude. I'm right. like, man, hold on, man. Jermaine Dupree, my dude, man. I mean, dude is not that. Dude is a player, man. Dude is about his money. And Pimp didn't know him, so he was speaking reckless on him. You know what I'm saying? He said, man, F that dude, man. They just trying to steal UGK style, man. Jay-Z, he did the same thing. Jay-Z want to take, they all want you. They want to be UGK. They want to be the underground kid. So, you know. He was like, he was just snapping, just like he was doing on Jeezy. So, I, right. you know, I, I, here I am, I'm the mediator. I'm like, man, Jay, man, is a player, man. I'm like, man, these dudes cool, Pimp. I said, man, dog, you got to chill out, little dog. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, he was like, you know, like one of my little Milwaukee fighters. So, dude, right, you know, he was right. just snapping. He, he, he just didn't want to be a dude that like nobody. I mean, he didn't like nobody. So, you know what I mean? Actually, I ended up convincing him that it was a good idea. So, we did the song and the song went real big, you know what I mean? It was it was hot, you know, everybody was talking about it. So, you know, he had kind of fell off a little bit and uh so, you know, he went to doing his whole thing again, you know, and you know, he just fell all the way off and, you know, so I met him in Houston and, you know, we were just talking about the song and he's like, Yeah, Ken, man, this might be the song to get me in so I'm looking at it. I'm like, Man, dude, I tried to tell you that from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we at the mall, man, and dude, man, uh was talking to a chick and he was kinda hot. So she put her hand on his shoulder, he tapped back, he pulled a pistol out. He said, don't, don't you put your hand on UGK, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And, you know, it was funny, but what happened was he didn't know it was a female, you know what I'm saying? Right. So he tried to apologize. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm an ex-fella, so I had to break bread, you know what I'm saying? I hit the door. I was like, man, I got to go, man. Right. I, said, man you know, I said, man, I'm facing it. It's been a 25 years on this move, you know what I'm saying? So I break out the door. The pimp broke out, too, so he went one way. I went the other way. When I get out, the police had him, right? So, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's a story I'm leading up to. So, you know, the police had him, and he had like a, maybe a little, you know, a little little powder on him or something. It wasn't nothing major. A little powder, so he had a little powder on it. So they got him with the powder. He had the pistol. So you know, he ended up getting four years probation. But the the moral of the story was that all this had happened in the midst of us talking, you know, planning. Mm-hmm. So I went to the prison and seen him. So when I get down to prison, the man weighed like about three hundred and thirty pounds, man. This is a dude that I just seen weighing one hundred and ninety pounds. You know, me, like, wow. in a matter, it was three months before I got a chance to see him. I seen him in college, yeah, then I went to the little prison thing. So when I got down there, the little prison, whatever, prison hole or whatever they do, you know, I don't know what it was. You know, I went to see him in jail. The man was weighing, like, 300 pounds. And, man, that man, man, that man, all he kept saying was, man, Ken, he was right there. <laughs> he was right there. I said, dude, I told you, man. He said, you were right. He said, man, when I get home, man, we're going to do it right this time, man. We got home, man. We did it right, man. That, all the time that man, you know, came home, man, we always was talking about how that situation that led, you know, how right. that situation right. that happened, man, wow. how it could have been avoided, man. So that's the funniest and weirdest situation that we ever had, man. It was like this crazy stuff happened back to back. 
you know, it was just going back to back, man. And it was it was it was funny because it was happening before our eyes. You know, the whole thing unfolded before our eyes. It was like a movie. Like we knew. So, I mean, it was like this situation. It was it was it was waiting to happen, man. It was funny. It was real funny, man. But you know. You know, God, you know, bless his soul, man. The man, you know, outside of, you know, all the funniness and all that is one of the greatest persons that you can ever meet. He's one of the most truest dudes that you can ever meet. Man, this dude, man, was so real, man. We was at a video shoot, that uh, video shoot, Get Throw with Jeezy. And throughout the whole video shoot, he would call me and ask me, Ken, if I'm doing this right, in front of everybody. You know, most dudes, they too, you know, especially when they big like pimp, right. they too proud, you know, to let people know that they count, you know, they seek counsel from people. Pimp didn't care. Pimp was like, man, Ken is my advisor. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is my big brother. I don't care who know it, Jeezy, uh, Bumby, Zero, all of us there. He called right. me up. He said, what do I do on this move, Ken? How should I play this? You know, and that's how close we was, man. You know what I mean? We, you know, we was, you know, we was, uh, we was real, man. As soon as the man came home, man, and when the man yeah. got his Bentley, man, he came and got me. We rolled all through Texas. You know what I'm saying? Me just riding in the Bentley, you know, kicking it, man. I mean, it's, you know, he, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, I don't, th- I know for a fact it'll never be another pimp seat. You know, I can assure you that. It's like it'd never be another Tupac or another Biggie. It would That's never right. be another Pimp C. Never. Right. Because, man, I personally knew the man. The man was the realest dude that you can meet, man. The man, he respected the game so much, man. I'm talking about when all these rappers get on their albums and they scream pimping and this and that and other, man. They only do it for sound effect, and they right. do it because it's the flavor of the month. When Pimp C. When he got on his album, man, that man meant that with a passion. He he never had the appetite to pimp. He always wanted to be a pimp, you know. He had a few girls that were diving his business, but he never really, you know, looked at himself in that way because he knew, you know what I'm saying, me too much about the game to play with it, right. you know. But he had the utmost respect for the game, you know. And, and you know, like I said, man, we talking about pimp, man. We'd be here all day, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Just, uh, just want you to share a little bit with you, man, for the people, and I and I thank you for doing that because I mean, Pimp was a, a big influence on a lot of people's lives. So when he came to Milwaukee, yes, sir, yes, sir, I was right there, yes. right in the uh, well, building. Well, that's another example, though, for your listeners. When Pimp came to Milwaukee, I want everybody to know this. You know, you can see it in the movie The Best of Both Worlds. He called me the day before. I said, I'm in Minnesota. I'll be in Minnesota. I said, cool. He said, I'm sick, Ken. I said, you know me. I'm, I'm, y'all know, anybody know, y'all know I'm gangster with it. I said, man, I don't care if you're sick, man. I don't care, man. As long as your legs working, man, you better not miss my party, man. Right. He said, Ken, man, I don't know if I can make it, man. He said, man, I'm really sick, man. I'm this, that, and other. He said, man. He said, I'm not even going to leave Minnesota. He said, I'm going to just lay up in this bed. So he laid up in the bed, and we I'm calling him all day. He ain't called me back. Call him all day. He ain't called me back. So, you know, me being crazy like I am, I said, man, listen, man. I said, man, all these folks in Milwaukee waiting on you, man. I said, man, the radio waiting on you, man. I said, man, you got you can't miss this party. <laughs> 
the man got out of his sick bed, man. That day he came when he was at the, uh, uh, the escape. The man got out of his sick bed at 9 o'clock, got on the flight at 9 o'clock, made it to Milwaukee at 11. We dashed down there in the final, snatched him, you know what I mean, and, and brought him to the club, and the man walked to the club. People didn't know that that day that he, he was in the club, he was sick as I don't know what. You know wow. what I mean? Now, that's how real the dude was, man. Then the next day he was supposed to be at the other club around the corner. I forget the name of it. Over there on Villa. What's the name of the club? Uh, the Onyx. Onyx. He was supposed to be at the Onyx. He didn't make it that day. Mm. You know, and everybody was waiting to see him. He didn't make it that day. The band was, that's how sick he was. I told man, go on, stay in the bed. I said, they seen, I said, my thing was to get you an escape. Right. Then the next day, that Sunday, the man felt a little better. So he was still sick, but he followed us around that whole day, man. We went to uh, the club over there on the south side, and then we went from there, and then he went and did a free concert. He did a free concert at Club Escape mm-hmm. because he was sick, and he couldn't really communicate. So he said, Ken, man, I got to do something for the people at Escape. You know, Sunday was Escape's biggest day. Right. And we didn't let nobody know I told Escape, I told uh, Craig and Young, I said, man, don't let nobody know we're coming. It was, man, the place was filled for capacity. We come up in there, man, we rocked the joint, man. Him, I mean, he set the house on fire. So, you know what I mean? How many people you can say that, man? This man getting $50,000 a show. Right. This man came and spent three sick days in Milwaukee. That's $150,000 he missed. Can you can, can you find anybody in the, in the industry that would do that, man? <laughs> And I got to give a little flip some credit at Big Boy, because when I got shot, when them niggas shot me over over there on uh, on Buffalo or whatever, on Holton Street, on Booth, mm-hmm. holding the Booth, Flip, now Flip and Big Boy came all the way from Atlanta, and they visited me in the hospital. You know, and Lil John, he wanted to visit me in the hospital. He didn't make it, but a lot of people don't know that that, that song that I did with uh, Lil John, Bitch Niggas, Bitch Niggas, I did that from my hospital bed. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people don't know what I was like. Uh, I, I remember what I said, but I said, y'all, I said, it's hard to kill on my block. I'm like, Tupac. You know, I said, y'all, y'all, y'all bitch-ass niggas, R.I.P., rest in piss. I did that for my hospital bed. So, you know, it's a couple more cool that's people. That, that's you know that I mean? thirst you was talking about. That's being thirsty right there. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I was fresh with, I had three nine-millimeter holes in my body. You know what I mean? And I, and I got up, man, you know, because, you know, man, if they, man, if you don't kill me, man. I'm not for the sick. I, I took the tools. The doctor tell you I took the tools out of my own mouth. All right, man, I don't want this, man. Man, I, man, my legs work, my hands work. Man, I don't want to be in this hospital. Right. I, I came up out of that hospital. What year was that, Ken? Uh, huh? What year was that? Uh, uh, on the east side, the hospital on the east side. I don't what year? What, what year was that? Oh, they shot me around oh two, man. Yeah, okay. they tried to rob me, man. You know, they didn't get nothing. You know, of course, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, hey, man, you know, like for all you listeners, too, man, I'm the bad guy to rob, man. You're going to be just practicing, man, because if you don't knock me out, man, I ain't giving you nothing, man. You understand what I'm saying? You don't get nothing from me, and you better make sure you do it right because you understand me? I'm like a dog. I do bite back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
But I think they know that by now. I think the town know about you understand me, my bad behavior right here, man. So I don't right. need no public announcement about that, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. No question what it happen if you do something to me, man. You know what I'm saying? And you right. open your mouth. You know what I mean? If you ain't no good robber, you just can't keep your mouth shut, man. Do not touch me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> keep your hands off of kid. You <laughs> listen no, to blogtalkradio.com slash Fidel. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. We're here with our guest, the one and only world famous, Ken Ivey. It's Pimpin' Ken, you know what I'm saying? And we got a bomb show that you can definitely check. It's available for download right here on blogtalkradio.com slash Fidel, so you can check it and, and review it, listen to it a couple times so you can soak up everything that was uh, presented today because I know some of it might have went over your head. You might not have been, you know, able to get it all. You might even want to take notes on this one right here because it's serious game being right presented to you in a, in a right way in a very simple form for you to check. And we also want to make sure that you get the book. It's called 48 Laws of Pimpology by Ken Ivey. You can check your local Barnes & Nobles. You know, go to the store, go to Amazon.com, and uh, make sure you support that. Make sure you check it out and get up on your game. You know what I'm saying? Get up on your game of life so you can get your mind right and get your life right. You know what I'm saying? You got any last words you want to give to him, Ken? Yeah, man, uh, it's the 48 Laws of Game Pimpology. So okay. Just make that little correction. And uh, second of all, I mean, in conclusion, man, I just want to thank Milwaukee and all the people that supported me. You know, I want to thank, you know, uh, my partner in crime, Miss Fine. She's always uh, got my back like a book pack. I just want to thank, you know, a lot of people, man. I, I don't know, man. You know, I think all the rappers has been down with me. And I do want to come on the show again, and I want to I want to pick a specific topic, and I want to, you know, kick it with you, man. So I really want to, you know, make this uh, like my uh, home away from home. So don't be afraid to call me, man, and put me on the show here and there. I mean, this is the longest interview I ever dropped. You know the people love to hear you. They calling, you know what I'm saying? I just want you to get, get your thing out so we can definitely – Revisit the conversation without a doubt, brother. Yeah, I definitely want to be. Uh, please, please call me in and bring me back again. For sure, for sure. So definitely, we're gonna sign out right here. I'm gonna drop this drop a jewel on you one more time, and uh, make sure you tell your people you gotta get up on that Bebop Fidel Live Revolutionary Radio, worldwide web, we international with it. Peace out, Ken Ivy. Much love, big daddy. Uh, the baby's got no teacher, we can't trust a preacher Don't raise them on the TV or the radio either It's getting crazy out here, if you ain't already noticed The government is bogus, but it ain't all hopeless Is the genocide. We make the news when a black man dies. We make the news when a black mother cries. But never make the news when a black man rises. The media got us all hypnotized. Know the truth and you'll see the lies. Know your roots and see how many die. Pay attention, read between the lines. Your black queen is a strong sister. Beside the fact that she's hella fine. But some of y'all got a wrong sister. Easily persuaded with dollar signs. Black power, let's unify. I guess it all faded with the time. So I guess it's up to you and I. Give sight when we cross the blind. I'm from the taste, so I sip my wine. I lie, bless me with a gifted mind. Don't believe everything you see, analyze deeper and you will find Shit is wild but it's getting worse, deliver style when I spit this verse 
all of us is born with the curses called living on planet Earth. The baby's got no teacher, we can't trust the preacher. Don't raise them on the TV or the radio either. It's getting crazy out here, if you ain't already noticed. The government is bogus, but it ain't all hopeless. Drop a jewel on them. Drop a jewel on them. Drop a jewel on them. You about to deal, drop a jewel on them. Yeah. We was born to rise and make it through the worst in this wild life And look good doing it If you want it, you should be pursuing it Power movers never quit They try to kill us in so many ways Slavery, drugs, and AIDS Now we standing over America grave The same ones you judge It's spread love despite your grudge The feelings is here Uniting with all walks of positive people On the streets we keep the peace On the beach we speak good over evil The sunshine after the storm The painful lessons of poverty All the things that keep us balanced I tell the youth to tap into their talent and travel this world, unravel it, discover other things It's a new day, and it should bring a new motivation And fuck being stuck in the previous generation Stagnation stage, this the information age It's time to shine like royalty And be loyal to our destiny Can't let this shit get the best of me I am hip-hop history My words is my weaponry And you should not be stressing to me We won't be selling out to the enemy The baby's got no teacher We can't trust the preacher Don't raise them on the TV or the Radio either is getting crazy out here. If you ain't already noticed, the government is bogus, but it ain't all hopeless. Another one is volume three, Viva Fidel, the mixtape. Check it out. That's how it goes down. Make sure you log on to vivafidelonline.com find out more about the message, the music the movement, the man behind the plan and make sure you link up with us and tell your friends to tune in we're going to have a lot of different topics a lot of different guests linking you up with comrades from all over the planet so make sure you listen and learn log on, you know, tell a friend post a link up or something you know what I mean, be productive out here stay safe and uh, we'll get back with you at another time and place and space alright, peace